What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today is a wonderful friend of mine from my other podcast, uh, the B-Team Podcast, uh, Chip Sella. Chip, how you doing? Well, so much for my week off from podcasting. I know, right? right. <laughs> Here to screw that yeah, all up. <laughs> yeah, you know, all of a sudden, I, I, you flash on the bat signal, and I, I'm just the Batman to your Commissioner Gordon here. I know, and I do thank you for it. Um, it's all right. It, I was getting twitchy without having a podcast to do this week. So. Well, and, and I today, this week's uh, uh, topic, which mm-hmm. is uh, Rayman in honor of the new mm-hmm. Rayman release, um, you know, is something you and I are definitely familiar with. Uh, again, mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about this many times. Chip is unique in that um, he doesn't like going back and replaying these games uh, as much as he just remembers what they were like at the time and can kind of step back to them, which I think is actually pretty valid because I don't think a lot of my guests can do that all the time. I mean, a lot of it's circumstantial. Were you around and were you playing mm-hmm. games at that time? So, But you were around for Rayman. We've talked about it a couple of times, but I think yep. it was on the B team. So uh, I don't know. Maybe it was on here, but it wasn't in depth. So, um, But uh, but thank you for coming on. Uh, and uh, actually, the reason Chip's on tonight, because I was going to have to do it alone, and I had this whole... Uh, because last night was was not working for anybody, and my uh, guest that was supposed to be on dropped out the last minute. Thanks, asshole. You know who you are. Um, but uh, I was gonna have the whole like, here I go again on my own, you know, being my like little theme song. But uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, um, my daughter did. As those of you who follow me on Twitter know, uh, my daughter spiked a fever of almost 104. So we thought it was good time to take her into the urgent care and of course that coincided with gaming history 101 going live so it didn't work out but on the plus side now i've got you on the show so it's going to be a little more interesting and your daughter's doing okay she's doing good um my wife um actually you know it's just one of those things you know when your parents just don't tell you something it's not like because they don't want to but you just don't know something um my wife did not know that when you sweat it's the first sign that you're breaking your fever and so um, my kid was burning hot most of the day, and my wife said, you know, when I when I got her from her nap, it was terrible. She had sweat all over her body. I was like, no, that's good. <laughs> that means she's breaking her fever. And she was down to the uh, the upper 90s tonight. So Good. Yeah, so so she's doing good. Um, I'm going to stay home with her tomorrow, though. Uh, daycare doesn't really and, – and on the flip side, I wouldn't want a kid who <laughs> has been what through my daughter's been through in the last couple of days coming into daycare. They're not too keen on her going, uh, but she only yeah. goes twice a week. So I'm taking the day off work, um, laying low, and her and I will sit around and watch Ninja Turtle cartoons and my little – You're not going to be playing the new Rayman? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Unfortunately, <laughs> I want to play it really bad, but you know what? Mm. I haven't played, I haven't beaten Origins yet, and I really think, I don't know if I ever will beat Origins from what people tell me about the end of that game, but I don't think I should be <laughs> jumping into the new one yet. Uh, but I've heard, I've heard relatively good reviews, somewhat mixed, but relatively good reviews. You're you're waiting to get your Wii U's and buy the the Wii U version, Damn, correct? Skippy, right? I will. I won't. <laughs> I won't lie. I'm not going to. Uh, no, no, no. Um, but uh, but people are going nuts because I guess the new Vita Rayman is missing like 37 remix levels, and you know the internet. That means why mm. buy it? Um, I did see you know I did see a tweet or something on Facebook about that, and um. I, I have well we'll get, we'll get into them but um I I'm sort of in the same boat as you are I guess is the best way to play it I've played Origins 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have not gotten very far in it, and I was not a fan of the Vita version because it's too small a screen. Yeah, you were the one prob- who warned me not to tackle Origins on the Vita. Like, you were like, you can, but just can. know this is a potential problem. It, it just didn't work for me. Um, I mean, there, and you can, that's one where you can actually zoom, you know, uh, reverse pinch to zoom the screen, uh, out. Oh, okay. You know, it ha- has that, but then you're missing a lot of the detail and what's going on around you. So, um, that, that was my thought. It's a game I, you know, I bought it at launch. Um, I think I put an hour and a half in it. And I just said, yeah, this just is not hitting me right. I have one of, I think I have it for the 360, but I've never actually tried it on that yet. And I've got it for, uh, believe it or not, Chip, I've got it on the Wii. <laughs> so. Well, get it, getting into this and doing Rayman dick measuring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I was thinking about it when you when I got when the bat signal went up today, and Rayman two, Rayman three, Rayman Origins. I've bought two copies of each. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I must confess that my first copy of Rayman Origins is on the PS3, and I do have both copies because they're not worth dick to resell. So I do have both copies of those, and you're right. I have two copies of two and three as well. <laughs> um, because, uh, two, I played two when it originally came out, mm-hmm. uh, I think on the Dreamcast. Me too. Uh, then I got suckered into buying the 3DS Rayman. Yep. <laughs> not realizing that it was Rayman 2 until about probably into the second level saying, I've played this. I swear I have. Yeah. Um, and I, I did know, <laughs> I had, I knew that going into it, but, uh, but yeah, I think I bought it after it came out. So that's how I knew. And then Rayman three, I got, I think on the Nintendo 64. Well, it was on GameCube. Okay. All right. Um, and I had it on PS2. I got a, on the, well, I think there was some special deal with, uh, GameCube GameStop. has exclusive comment or content in it and yep. there was a GameStop deal. So we'll, we'll get to those yep. when they come up, but yeah. And then, then I bought the, when, uh, because they said they won't do, uh, Michael Ansel's other game, um, the sequel to that one. Oh, uh, yeah, Beyond Good and Evil yeah, 2. 2. Yeah. Uh, unless, uh, Rayman 3 doesn't, didn't sell well on the 360, so I contributed my, Money for a copy of Rayman 3 on uh, the Xbox. And I grabbed it on PlayStation 3. So, so. so I think just... right after we bought both of those, I think it became a plus deal. Um, but I know I paid for it. <laughs> so who knows? So, yes, I've bought almost every Rayman game twice. Yeah, yeah. Well, and now that I think about it, yes, I have not bought Rayman 1 twice. I have it on PS1. Always mm-hmm. have, uh, but uh, the first time I played it was on the PSN as an Xbox original, and I would buy the Jaguar one if I found a good price for it. But and again, we'll get into all that in yep. just a sec. I have a little bit of bookkeeping to do, uh, yep. Chip. Uh, first and foremost, and you were part of this, so thank mm-hmm. you to you and everyone out there for your support. Um, what fascinates me, and and Chip, you know this. My first podcast was Gaming History 101, and I remember the day. Or, no, 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 no. Video game purists. Purists. Wow. Um, this is what happens when you read your own website while you're trying to do a show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, video game Pierce was my first show. And, uh, I think the maximum number of subscribers we ever had was like 30. And I remember feeling like a God. I felt like uh, Howard Stern, you know, 
And uh, yesterday when I tweeted that I wasn't going to be able to make GH101. Now, granted, this was from a lot of people's help. Uh, Some people retweeted it. Tiger Claw mentioned it in chat and all that stuff. But uh, I got more than 30 responses of people just hoping she's okay and saying, you know, do what you got to do and this and that. And, you know, even a couple of you said, you know what, if it's too stressful to do a show this week, that's fine. You know, kids come first. And, And again, she's good. She's in bed most nights. It was just at that very moment I had to have her in, in care. So um, mm. for those who are wondering, she's fine. You know, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. But uh, but thank you all because that does mean a ton. And, and, I mean, that right there lets you know why you do this, you know. <laughs> so um, My wife was asking about her because uh, we were at dinner. That's mm-hmm. why I couldn't do the show because it was my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law's 70th birthday. Right. Um, and I was uh, just checking Twitter and she saw it over my shoulder and so, wanted, says, oh, I hope she's okay. So Yeah, yeah she, I know it's awesome that all of you support her. I was yeah. like, you have more friends than dad. <laughs> so, but she's doing good. Um, the one interesting thing was. Is this where we announced she's replacing you on the beat? No, never mind. She, yeah, she's uh, more talented, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, I actually, and she's getting up there. I don't know if you, uh, if you see on Facebook, but my wife puts a lot of photos of her. She keeps crawling up on my arcade machine and trying to play games. So, um, I think, I think I might've had, uh, I might've sprouted a gamer. We'll see. Um, bringing them up, right? I know. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so thank you for everyone out there. Uh, you know, it was, it was great and she's, she's doing good. Um, you know, she was kind of a sleeper anyway. And, uh, and, and the whole time she stayed somewhat playful, although obviously fatigued and kept eating and drinking water and stuff like that. So she was, she was pretty good. She handled a 103.5 fever a lot better than I ever would. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, second of all, I wanted to, um, mention, uh, one other, of uh, my listeners, I was I was talking to him a lot to, uh, this weekend, um, and I don't know whether or not he wants to remain anonymous from his name. So I'm going to refer to him as uh, tw- Tears of a Feather. You know who you are. We talk all the time, um, but uh, he was very kind to donate and and Chip. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm sure you it wouldn't surprise you. I'm real into Japanese monster movies. Yeah. I've- no, known a little bit about that. <laughs> and uh, he got uh, the Blu-ray Gamera box set. And Gamera is a uh, – he came mm-hmm. out about the same time as Godzilla, but he was a mutant flying radioactive turtle uh, that would uh, – but I think Gamera was always peacekeeping, wasn't he? He always defended yes. the human race. Yes, he, he, was, he was a good guy. Right. And so that was – and he had a great theme song. Um, if you like the Mystery Science Theater 3000 MST3K stuff, they covered many of his early 60s movies. Um, but Gamera is great, and uh, they remade them much like they did with Godzilla in the 80s. Uh, in the late 90s, they remade the Gamera movies, and they released them on Blu-ray. And Ooh. so anyway, this this uh, listener got them, and and they're actually quite praised. I've only seen the first one, but it was great. It really, uh, it you know, it kind of did what we talk about on this show, where it like did a good job of rehashing the nostalgia goggles. It's what you remember Gamera mm. being, um, and. Uh, and uh, he, he happened to have a code that he wasn't going to use, which was a digital copy on Voodoo. So he gave it to me. And so now I permanently on my Voodoo account have that trilogy box set on there. So I wanted to thank him personally because that was an amazing gift. And uh, he recommended a great uh, game shop out in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska um, that he wanted me to go check out. And so next time I'm in Omaha, I'm going to I'm gonna try to sneak out there and see that. So uh, and, and he said he even uh, works out there from time to time. So... Um, so it's, uh, it's really cool. 
and I, I cannot wait to come out and check it out. Um, and of course, you know, why not? I should, I should, I should pip it, right? It's called The Game Room. So if you're in the Lincoln, Nebraska area, definitely check out The Game Room. Um, he showed off some of the things he's bought in, in recent months, and it was a pretty impressive collection. So I can't wait to check it out. Uh, my wife's probably going to confiscate the credit card from me before I go, though. Um, I know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> Disney <laughs> Infinity says hi. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, Chip, but Trees posted uh, today on Twitter that he got uh, Disney Infinity. So, oh, dear God. Uh, yes, yes. And he has a uh, – his girlfriend has a six-year-old daughter. So he's in trouble. He's in big trouble. So, um, quick, quick news since I won't be doing B-Team tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that do uh, listen or are into the Disney Infinity thing, uh, first of all, this weekend, Toys R Us will be releasing another exclusive Power Puck. Uh, it's going to be one of the Tron ones. You can only get it at, uh, Toys R Us. The last exclusive set, which was Mike's car, uh, which we talked about on our Mm -hmm. show, um, sold out in one day. And I bet if you go on Amazon right now, it would, the price is probably ridiculous. So the Tron one, uh, one of the Tron ones is coming out. There's four or five Tron ones in the full set. Um, and second of all, on Saturday, Toys R Us is having its first Disney Power Disc trading day from 12 to 2. Wow. So it's going to be me and a bunch of six-year-olds <laughs> trading disc, uh, Power Discs at uh, Toys R Us. So, Damn. <laughs> it's, well, it's... I can tell you the Mike's uh, Power Disc is going for roughly in the 20s yeah. on uh, on eBay. But first of all, it's pretty new. I don't think people are really down with, you know, kind of what those, mm-hmm. you know, what those are yet. Plus, that's pretty high for a single power disc, right? Do you get it for free or do you buy it or how does oh, that work? Oh, no, it was, it's five bucks for a pack five and bucks. you only get okay. two in a pack. Oh, and then you have a chance of getting it. Is that what it is? No, no, I think it's gar- it was guaranteed in those okay. packs because I, not, n- not knowing anything about it, just going in there and saying, okay, I'm going to pick up this game. Hey, they have an orange pack and they have, uh, silver packs. I'll gotcha. take two of each. Well, yeah. And my, mind you, those prices that I was citing mm. were not for sealed packs. They were for opened, right. known right. discs. So basically this person bought it for five, sells it for 20 and gets whatever else was in the pack. So. Right. Which yeah, is crap. pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. But uh, also, I was p- apparently some Crystal Lightning McQueen from Toys R Us exclusive. Got is it. Going for like forty, it looks like. Got it. So nice. So got it. Got it this weekend. There you go. And we'll be talking about it on B Team Chip <laughs> in your absence, but you can definitely chime in. They did announce the second wave, but we're not going to go into it here if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. We can wait. But um, I'll but, be back uh, next week. Yes, yes. And I definitely want to talk about it because uh, I'm going to live through you because I can't afford it. <laughs> but uh, next up, um, we did get a uh, listener mail. And actually, he is one of the few listener mails we get. And he, he writes in from time to time. Um, but uh, it is um, Stall Kid 64 uh, he wrote in for the Zelda podcast, uh, and I don't even know. Chip, were you on last time I mentioned his emails? I almost think you were. But uh, either way, 
Um, he wanted to call in about um, uh, from the UK side of our action figure show. He said in the UK, you uh, regular sized GI Joe figures were actually known as Action Force, not Action Man. He believes that was the large kind of Barbie style figures that were the original GI Joes. Uh, but he the ones I had. Yeah, he said, don't quote me on that. He said he believes that's what Action Man was, though. He said G.I. Joe was actually Action Force in the U.K. So um, I think uh, we had, uh, I believe I had Andy on, and he had said that. So um, that was probably just a, a simple correction. Um, he also wanted to mention that uh, in the ongoing saga, but, you know, I'm really big into this, the stuff that never got released and came out and stuff, um, he has some uh, some more pages on coverage of the Zelda slash uh, Zelda Gaiden slash Ura slash Master Quest story of development on that canceled version that would uh, that was supposed to be on the 64DD um, and... Uh, uh, and, and later on got kind of adapted into Majora's Mask. So um, he said he's got some more information on that. And the second he sends those along to me, I will, of course, create an article and pass them along on the site. So uh, StallKid64, thank you for writing in. Um, and next up, I've got uh, a quick news story and then a uh, contest, and then we'll actually get into the show. So uh, news story. Um, normally this doesn't come up much, but, uh, because I know retro gamers are huge Mega Man fans, um, Chip, you're familiar with, uh, good old, uh, KG Inafune, which I've also heard Inafune, Mm -hmm. um, who's responsible for Mega Man. And, uh, you know, he's constantly been trying to get some more Mega Man stuff out and Capcom's kind of blown most of his concepts out of, you know, away, including Mega Man Adventure 3. Um, and, uh. And, you know, it wasn't very, he wasn't very pleased about it, but at the same time, you know, I don't know how good of a business deal that really is. And so um, he chose to do something that was much smarter, which is go to Kickstarter. And so he's uh, hosting a Kickstarter for something that seems very Mega Man-esque, Chip. Um, have you heard of this? It's called The Mighty Number no. 9? Vaguely. Okay, the, there's a link in the chat if you want to check it out. Um, but it is roughly Mega Man. <laughs> He's basically making a uh, PC version of Mega Man. Uh, he wants $900,000 to do the Kickstarter. It started four days ago um, as of the recording of this. It ends on August 31st, or sorry, October 1st, 2013. Started on August 31st. And uh, he has already raised a whopping $1.5 million. So he's already blown that away. Um, as a result, his stretch goal will add two more stages. There will be a Mac Linux version. Um, new game plus mode, a turbo mode. Uh, once he hits 1.7, which I'm sure he will in the next 26 days, he'll get a making of documentary. The one I'm really pushing for is at 2.2 million. We get a PS3 360 Wii U version. So everybody definitely push for that. Um, but what else? What has he quit Capcom? I don't believe so. Uh, I think he can safely do this as a side project. No, actually, maybe he did leave R&D for Capcom. You'd have thought I didn't, I'd looked this up before I, I said something. I think he did actually leave and, and, and created his own company, now that I think about it. This is called Comcept USA LLC, though, so maybe there's some Capcom closeness in there. But you can tell that Mighty Number no. 9 is just close enough to be recognized as Mega Man and just far enough not to be sued for it. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. You take it. Uh, you take that to court. You put the two of them next to each other. 
You might win that case. And just even the logo. Yeah, and the teams he's got and some of the stuff he borrows. You know what? I My gut says he still works for Capcom, so I'm guessing this may be in conjunction with them. The whole concept of Comcept USA being his company, too, makes me feel like it's probably, you know, um, a Capcom, you know, Capcom's in it in some way. You know, like they, they might have some partial ownership on the back end or something so they don't have to sue for the likeness rights or something. Do you think it's just a marketing play? Possibly. Uh, I know uh, Capcom does not want to make a game like this uh, that they fund themselves. So, you know, let the crowd pay for it. Um, I I do think this has an extremely high chance of actually being made, though. Um, I I don't have any doubt in my mind he'll actually make this game. Oh, yeah. Whether it'll be any good, hopefully it will be. But, you know, I mean, I believe... Inafune was behind the the whole concept of retro fitting Mega Man Nine and Ten, so um, and those were were really quality. Like you know we've talked about, toughest balls uh, never even come close to beating either game, but I have them both and I love them. Um, you know they're they're kind of masochistic in their own right. So, um, but what I definitely wanted to mention was if you back it with uh, forty dollars or more, you get retro style game manual and digital art book plus the soundtrack. More importantly, at 60 bucks or more, which is where I think I'm going to back it, um, you get a physical game box pr- with a printed manual. <laughs> you are such the game box whore. I know, and I didn't get that way until fucking buying a Jaguar. And now everything, every time I show someone this, I'm like, okay, see these things? These are little inserts you put in the controller. And really, no one really cares because you can look them up on the internet, but I have them all. Every single one of mine has the box with the little insert. Then and with we have- Aliens vs. Predator, I have all three. I mean, we had the discussion uh, regarding, um, God, I just got the weirdest pop-up on the, <laughs> my screen. Oh, okay. Are you drinking too much? The myth of moderation. Um, <laughs> I'm looking up Lightning McQueen sto- Crystal Lightning McQueen stories. And <laughs> oh, I think that's a new uh, malt liquor that, that uh, Colt 45 is coming out with, actually. Not um, really, but. So, anyways. Uh, I just remember, I mean, we had, what, we had a discussion uh, a couple of weeks ago on the B team about the folly of buying DuckTales, a, ga- mm-hmm. a game that you so, so loved. Uh, yes, still do, actually. Uh, <laughs> on uh, getting the box copy at uh, GameStop. Mm-hmm. Just so you could have a box and what, a pin? Yes, there was a pin and a download code. They didn't even want to pay for a Blu-ray that would be in the box. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I didn't end up opting for it, but I was tempted. Um, and had I liked the game, I would have been really eager to get the uh, the golden cart. They have a, a competition on Capcom.com right now where if you sing the theme like an idiot on camera, they may select you. But, of course, they will completely publicize your folly mm-hmm. um but they they'll give you a copy of one of those carts which i know the winner's gonna turn around and fucking sell it so that breaks my heart you have so, a voice fred i know i know actually if the person who uh does um win it if you keep it for yourself that'll be great and if you don't i think we should all pool together buy the thing and then i'll keep it for safekeeping there you go yeah 
anyway, uh, the last part I definitely want to mention about this project was so Chip, they have up to nine rewards where if you pledge 10k or more, you get dinner with Inafune, but you do not get travel or lodging expenses. So you got to find your way to Tokyo. And believe it or not, Chip, three fucking backers already. $30,000. If you would pay me $30 to have three people have dinner with me, I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I might even cover the tab, which would be more than the money I would make. This guy's getting thirty grand, and you know he's going to put all those people at the same place. They're going to go to like a, a steakhouse or something, you know, like a hibachi grill. You know? Yeah, yep. There you go, and he'll 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 uh, come by, press the flash, ha- take a picture. It'll be a, your typical meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know, okay, fifteen minutes, uh, and he's out of the room. Enjoy your meal. Yes. Now, what it does also get you, and you guys are welcome to check it out. It's at Kickstarter.com. Just search Mighty No. Mighty N-O-9, the number nine, Mighty Number Nine. Um, you do get all the other rewards, though, that are on mm. there. So that's pretty interesting. And uh, I would like to point out that if you pledge 500 or more, you get an Inafune signed original sketch from the concept art, which I, I'm sure is, is well worth it. All 200 of those are gone. So that's pretty impressive. So, I mean, I, I'm sure his art style is the big draw, but still. Um, that's what you call a, 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 a positive Kickstarter. <laughs> that's a Kickstarter that's working. So, um, anyway, uh, and then last but not least, I wanted to do a contest. So I'm going to feel this out, but I've got a decent uh, gift for it. So, Chip, as you know, I'm a big fan of the shmups or the shoot 'em ups mm-hmm. I have a – I can't say it's in the absolute greatest condition. It's not in collector's condition, but it's definitely in – good put-on-the-shelf box copy condition. I have a boxed copy of Super R-Type complete with SNES cart, insert box, box, and manual up for grabs. Uh, it's, I will, I will, whoever gets these question, this question right, so if you're the only one who gets it right, good on you. Um, I will, you know, you'll get that question. You'll get it for free. Otherwise, it'll be a raffle. Um, I will mail this out to you, give it to you, whatever, when when you win, and we'll announce it on the October 1st show, which I'll be talking about shortly. Um, That's up for grabs, and the way you enter is just respond to go to GamingHistory101.com forward slash contact or go to the main page and click on contact and send me a quick uh, message. I want to know the game Fazanadu, which is mistakenly known as Faxanadu, F-A-X-A-N-A-D-U, mm-hmm. on the NES, is named that for a very specific reason. There's also a very specific reason you should refer to it and or pronounce it Fazanadu, although I would never correct someone who called it Faxanadu. What is that reason? Why is it called Fazanadu? And I'm kind of giving it away as I'm saying it. So hopefully you figured that out. You're welcome to enter. If you're the only one who gets it right, you'll win automatically. Otherwise, I will do a drawing live on the air on the October 1st show, which is on a Tuesday night. Anyway, all right. After all that plugging, Chip, let's mm-hmm. uh, let's jump into some Raymans. Or should we do the other plug? Um. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, the most important one, and this is because I'm not on there tonight because I did have to delay it was I definitely want to mention um, – <laughs> Am I right? Um, you are completely right. Um, 
the, I do want to mention that this show, although this week it's not, I'm sorry, but this show normally is live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on allgames.com. A great home. There are great people in the chat. We have crazy discussions, and Chip, you've been there. We have crazy discussions in the chat that are about all kinds of shit that's even more supplemental than all the crazy stuff we talk about on this show, about growing up with gaming and being there back in the day. And so you should definitely check it out. And most importantly, because at this point, they are doing an um, award. You can vote on, the, uh, on many podcast awards for all the various podcasts on allgames.com. And if you're looking for a good slew of different podcasts to check out, you should definitely do it there. And most importantly, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing well, but I need you guys' help to help me rally for it. Um, definitely need to push forward with most informative podcast uh, because that's what I really want to win. Mm. And right now I'm winning by a, about, you know, a little over 50 percent. And so very um, well. And yes. Well, I want to well deserved. Yes. And I thank you. Um, but also, if you listen to our B team counterpart, um, many of our hosts not me, but I can respectfully decline from that because I'm uh, I, I don't quite add the pizzazz the others do. But uh, Chip, as well as Chris Gadgetman, and even Ryan Swarren are up for awards that they definitely deserve. Um, Aren't so, you uh, up for voice for narrating? Voice you want narrating your life? Yes, you are. I guess I'm in the running. I didn't think I. I, I you're nominated. I yeah, I am nominated. I think I'm doing okay, but uh, I, I can't lie. Uh, I told you this off the air, and I'll say it on the air. Chris has a sexy voice. I think he should narrate <laughs> one's life. So uh, I'm I'm saying for the record, he should win that. Because um, if I do, it's it's not a fair win. Um, but uh, but yes, uh, definitely check it out. You can vote every 24 hours if you want to. Help us win that most informative allgames.com and vote. Um, but yes, the chat's amazing. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to register with an account. You just give them a username and you start chatting. And that's, I think, what most people like about that uh, chat experience. Plus, I'm in there and we're all in there and we're all talking about crazy stuff. So, Also, uh, just the B team is up for – we actually got nominated. And, Fred, you are part of the B team. so That's true. Uh, you know – Let's take this moment to gloat. We got nominated for eight awards. Wow. Yes. I didn't count, so that's impressive, but I know we show up frequently. We have so. our we are nominated for the best interview for our Zen Pinball stuff. As well we deserve. Best wet the fuck moment. Or WTF, sorry. I is this no, I, you, is this show you, blue you or not? We swear on this. Yes, okay. This is a blue show. We we earn our explicit <laughs> remark and we will when we're talking about Ray Rayman. Yeah. So um, Best what the fuck moment. That was when our co-host, you were there, Fred. <laughs> yes. It is one of the most, the funniest episodes we've ever done when our co-host Ryan literally passed out in the middle of the show and started snoring. And, and he Fred, controlled the feed. <laughs> yeah. Fred, Fred and I were, Fred, Chris and I were trying to continue the conversation, but, and would talk over him and he would get louder. It was. And, ne I've never had a moment of more inside baseball in front of a live audience than that. I swear to God, people so, were tuning in to hear that. <laughs> so then we decided, okay, we can't do this anymore because we're all dying laughing. Yeah. Uh, we we shut the show down early, and then we realized after we had hung up from all games, or we. Uh, the three of us had hung up. Ryan was con Ryan was the one who was hosting the call to all games, and he spent over an hour uh, snoring into the microphone, 
all by himself on all games. It it was hilarious. Yeah. But no, uh, the other ones we got are are nominated for, and we're close on this one. Is best host chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish the list would stay up. <laughs> best production value. I could I could get behind that. Best theme song. Yep. Voice you want narrating your life, and that's both you and Chris are up for that. Yeah. And um, I was nominated as favorite host. Yep. Well deserved, sir. Well, I I'm I'm very humble because I'm up there with Derek. I'm up there with John, uh, and Sean Freeman. Uh, it, uh, it's an honor and a privilege and I want to crush them all. So please go vote <laughs> early and often. Uh, and if, and, and aside from this Rayman episode, uh, Chip's vocal <laughs> stylings have definitely, uh, lent to our show, including one of our most popular, uh, shows and, and Chip to this day, people still uh, mention it to me, um, is, uh, the eco show. I'm very proud of that show. I think we did, especially a game like that, which you hear a lot of people mm-hmm. praise, but not a lot of people really dig into it. Um, I think, I think that was a, a really great show and I, it really was, you know, um, both of us kind of going back and forth about uh, how great that game was. Yep. Um, and, and yes, people, I've heard you. A Shadows of the Colossus show is coming. I'm thinking probably December, but no promises. It's coming, though. We will do that show. And that's um, a game I refuse to play. Right. I know that. And <laughs> just, <laughs> if you want to know why, check out the, uh, the the Game Club Eco show. But uh, but yes, I will be playing through it. I have not yet, but I will be playing through it, and we'll do that show once I do. So. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so definitely check it out. Allgames.com. Find us live. Uh, the show, uh, like you've heard, but you know, again, the show adds a lot. And then, uh, if you wait around right after my show at 9 PM Eastern is uh, video game outsiders, um, crazy ragtag bunch of people, um, formerly known as uh, throw a punch of tranny. And, um, and then the other one, which is all of you who clamor for arcade stuff is the Arcade Outsiders. And uh, it's not that I won't cover arcades, it's just that these guys cover it a lot more frequently and a lot more thoroughly. So definitely check that out if you're interested in the arcade stuff. So John knows his shit. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. As somebody who has been to his house yeah. and seen the, the work area, the garage full of components, and he actually has like a mini flea market at his parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not joking. He no, has, I know. His his friends nothing but a swap place. His friends show up and they set up tables, and you can buy uh, arcade glass and buttons and triggers and oh shit, I didn't know what they had diodes and uh, you know there's a lot of uh, old retro consoles there too, Fred. I, I've been. I know I'm gonna have to fly out to the east someday and, and and go to one of these things. You can crash at my place and we'll drive up Sweet. together. Sounds good. So. All right, let's get into some right. Rayman. So yeah, Rayman. So um, for those of you that, oh yeah, I just wanted to say that I still think Rayman is Dustin Hoffman's greatest movie of all time, and it was a very hard for him to play an autistic forty-year-old. Uh, <laughs> nice, very nice. <laughs> and that they yes. made a franchise out of it is, you know, just it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and Especially the likeness the, the of scene, Dustin Hoffman to to the character is amazing. Well, you know, and and I wasn't gonna you know say too much about this, but if you go look up, uh, just in case you're curious as to the actual um, uh, 
the actual uh, topics. I, I have reviewed Rayman one and two, and they're available. But Chip, that po- that picture I gave you, um, you know, if I try, I see Dustin Hoffman in that yeah. in that screenshot from the original Rayman. So uh, I'm looking at the original box copy, but um, but yes, um, and I, a lot of Barrett people- Sears. <laughs> two ninety nine a three pack. There you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Rayman Rayman's pivotal for a couple of reasons, and uh, I think you may agree with me on this chip. It's not for being this great platform everyone played and loved, a la like um, like Mario sixty four or Sonic. Mm-hmm. Because most people didn't get too deep into this game, as I recall from the original, because it was tough as fuck. It was it was hard as balls. Um, yeah, I, mean, I probably made it to the second level. Sec- made second it through world. the second level. Yeah. I, I, well, I remember I mean, it's the like air. the one dash whatevers, yeah. and then there's probably three levels per world. There's like nine worlds, but yeah, I don't know that I've made it much farther than the second world until I learned, you know, the cheat codes. Um, this is a game I'm proud to have beaten despite cheat codes. <laughs> so hold it, you you won, you beat it with or without them. I have never beaten it without them. Okay. I have beaten it with them, okay. but I'm still proud I've beaten it because just because you have cheat codes does not mean you can beat it. Uh, the cheat codes give you more lives, mm-hmm. um, but it basically just removes the whole concept of uh, this game has three lives, and then you go back to the beginning of a world, quote unquote. It has three continues, mm-hmm. and it has no saving, but it does have passwords. But the passwords remember how many lives and continues you already used. So if you cannot beat this game in three lives plus whatever you can accrue throughout the missions and three continues, regardless of the passwords, you cannot beat this game. So what I did was I there's a code that gives you infinite lives. Um, but every time you die, you restart uh, the level, I believe. I don't think there are checkpoints. I could be wrong on that, though. But either way, it's it, mm. it's nearly impossible, especially in the final levels. Um, I needed a PlayStation. Uh, I think I beat it for the first time on PSP, and I came damn close. And, you know, the PSP was pretty worthless at that point. It was probably roughly right around when the Vita came out. I came pretty close to hurling it out the window. You know, and you <laughs> knew, but you were like, I can replace this for 30 bucks, So I think I can still do it. Uh, but I still didn't. I, I didn't throw mm. it. But, yeah, it was it was brutal. Um what I remember about this game, besides it being insanely hard, uh-huh. and I, 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 I have nightmares about the. I know I was in the clouds, and okay. bouncing on things. I believe there's a, there's a lot of music based yeah. enemies yeah. in that. There's like saxophones yes. that are from like Lisa's nightmares in yes. The Simpsons. Yes. Yes. And I remember that's the last level I recall, but. This was a launch game for the PlayStation PlayStation One. Um, yes, and it is one of the games. I, I think I bought this and Battle Arena Toshinden. I can see that uh, when I bought my PlayStation, and I can't remember which one I played first. I know I was pretty mesmerized by what Battle Arena Toshinden sh- showed as a fighting game. Yeah, but it this- wouldn't shock me if you played that one first. Yeah, but you know, I had them both. They both got popped in day one, day one, one way or the other. And uh, what I recall is a you know this was a truly graphical uh, upgrade 
from the last series of consoles, which were the Genesis and SNES. Yes. I guess if you want to throw the Turbo Graphics and Jaguar in there as well. The Jaguar actually is part of this generation, and I'll talk about it real quick uh, once we – I'm going to let you finish mm. your thought, but I'll talk about the origins of Rayman, and it'll kind of shed some light on mm. that. But I would consider the Jaguar, because it was technically a 64-bit console, but it's a True. 32-bit console that came out day, kind of alongside the uh, PS1. Wasn't it eight 8-bit it. processors in the Jaguar? That's why um, it was called the Jaguar 64? <laughs> No, it, well, it had two chips, the Tom and Jerry chip, which were twin 32-bit processors. Okay. So that was kind of their thing. Um, but you are correct when you're thinking of all those other processors because there was an 8-bit sound processor and a 16-bit video processor with, I think, a 16-bit graphics processor. There were so many chips in mm -hmm. the Jaguar, I have tried to, like, break it down, and it makes me go cross-eyed. And no wonder nobody developed for it. <laughs> so, Aside from its lack of popularity. And I believe this ca this came out – did this come out on the Jaguar? Yes. Um, sure. and, and we'll talk about the exclusives on the Jaguar version, but this actually came out day and date um, – Jaguar and PlayStation. I believe they were about a week apart. The Jaguar version came out first, September 8th, 95. And then a week later, so I think it was like September 15th, the PlayStation 1 version mm -hmm. came out, which would put it maybe not right at launch, but it was definitely a launch window game. Like close enough to the fact that like we'll be talking about Watch Dogs being a PS4, mm -hmm. Xbox One release or something, you know. Now, did it also, It's a launch game. Did it also come out on 3DO? Uh, no, okay. it did not hit 3DO. Um, it did get a port to the Saturn though. Mm -hmm. And the Saturn version's pretty much identical to the PS1. Uh, the fact that it was 2D and, um, Saturn handled 2D very well helped mm -hmm. it, but it was a PlayStation port. I think it came on the Saturn a, a few months later. So. And, and you say it's 2D. It, I mean, in terms of gameplay, yes, it was a very 2D game, but, uh, it's Sony, Sony back yeah. then would not allow you to Correct. put out a 2D game on the PlayStation. Yes, Polygon Man don't do 2D. So I would say if it's not the first, it's one of the first examples we see of this quote-unquote 2.5D, which is quite popular nowadays, which is using fully rendered polygonal graphics, you know, kind of as 2D sprites. Right. So that's that's kind of how they worked. But um, this was the beginning of the Polygon era, at least on console. I oh, mean, yes. and it shows because they had no no way they didn't know how to animate arms and legs. <laughs> Thus, Chip speaking to the fact that Rayman has neither. Yes. <laughs> to this day, Rayman has neither. Has neither. Yes, but now I think it's more of a staple versus back then. Um, it was a I'm trying to see if I, yeah, I'm, I was trying to remember if I had something specific from, uh, Michelle Ansel saying why he chose to do that, but I know there was a specific reason. So I'll, I'll bring it up when, when I, uh, find exactly what, what happened with that. Um, but if you don't mind real quick, I was going to take a step back and talk about how and why Rayman came out when it did, where it did. Um, because actually it started life, um, as a uh, as as many of these games did, it started life as a uh, PlayStation game, but not the PlayStation you know of. Uh, the PlayStation SNES CD add-on was where it started life. 
Um, so, um, I mean, Chip, you're familiar with the fact that Sony was going to make a CD add-on called the PlayStation for the SNES? Yes. I think we okay. discussed it on our uh, E3 show that we did on Game Yes, Street. you're right. You're right. Yes, we did heavily. So uh, go back and check that one out. But, um, but yes, yeah, so it was going to be one of those. And um, when Philips announced the CD project cancellation, they had to find a new place. Um, I should point out that the only game that ever successfully got ported over was Secret of Mana. So if you wonder why Secret of Mana is kind of glitchy on the SNES, just realize it started life as a CD game. It's pretty impressive they got it into one cart. Um, and it's an but, amazing game. Yes, and I've not played it yet. I Ooh. have it, but I have not played it yet. I know, right? Everyone's telling me it's a sin. It's, um, you know, and they never did a true, a real uh, sequel. That well, they pick, did, but they, it's only in Japan. Yeah, well, it never came Second out here. Second Densetsu so. 3, right. right. Uh, but there is a fan translation for those that care, so you can technically play it. Um, so Doom was going to come on once I'd finished all three and talk about it, because he played recently on his computer, mm-hmm. Second Densetsu 3. So Chip, uh, while I find it hard to believe you'd ever want to sit down in front of a computer for 30 hours and play a <laughs> Zelda-like game, if you ever did, you can emulate it. Um, it was, it's not a fun. Zelda-like game. I would consider it a uh, cooperative art. RPG. I would give you that, right? Because, yeah, you could control, if you had the multi-tab, you could control up to three of the characters yep. at once with multiple controllers. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so jumping back to Rayman. So, um, unlike most people, most people who started life either as a SNES game or as a PlayStation game, and there were a decent number of people who thought they were going to do a CD-based 16-bit sprite game on the on the PlayStation CD um, they did not move to the 32X. They actually jumped immediately into Atari's Jaguar. And I think the reason they did that was because, um, you know, we kind of talked about this on uh, me and Derek and Trees talked about it on the Do the Math episode, which was all about the Atari's library. Um, the Jaguar was literally, by face value at the time, a top-of-the-line custom part console. There was nothing... That wasn't top of the line in it. But unfortunately, that doesn't make it a great console, you know? Um, but yes, so this this game was, from 1993 on, hands down a a, a, a game that was made for the Jaguar. And so, uh, just so you know, Chip, it was a quick port that brought it to the PlayStation. But the PlayStation was able to, for a fraction of the cost, emulate the Jaguar's hardware mm-hmm. very easily. Now, um, Fred, Fred, I just got to go back because your timeline doesn't work for me. Um, sure. When did – Rayman didn't come out until, what, 95? Correct. Okay. Sorry. It was originally planned – in the project stage in 93. Okay. That's when I said 93. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, I might not have made that clear. But it won't come out till 95. In fact, I don't believe it even enters development until 94. At this time, M- Michel Ancel, creative director over at Ubisoft, which is kind of a no-name company, um, that's that's really starting to fail. They they did publish stuff before this, but it definitely was, was in the dumps. Um, started doing concept art and things like that. But it was all conceptual. Um but, uh, but yes, um, and so what would happen is this game was actually kind of a, uh, kind of a last-ditch effort uh, for Ubisoft. Ubisoft had made some poor choices on what to publish, and kind of like Final Fantasy, it was like, let's put all our eggs in a basket. The platformer genre is second to the fighter genre in these days, and let's go for it. 
And, um, you know, I, I, I would argue that Rayman definitely has an aesthetic charm to him. Would you agree? Yes. I think that it was one of the reasons that I think I picked up the PlayStation when I did, which was very okay. close to launch, was I was in a GameStop. And I, I saw that uh, Rayman in Battle Arena Toshinden. And just the animation, the the characters, the 3D, uh, just, you know, th- this was a revolution in gaming. <laughs> well, yeah, and I like the way it kind of fused. I mean, it was super bright. Like, the mm. one thing it definitely was able to do was it was the closest to being cartoon-like. Like, a lot of people back in the SNES days was like, that was cartoon-like. But when you get into this CD yeah. stuff and multi-layers that's more than just a foreground and a background, and you're looking at, like, um, I do believe um, Rayman ran 60 frames per second on the PS1, which is really impressive. Plus, it was uh, boasting, like, 65,000 colors at once. I mean, it really pushed it, um, everything to its limits, even for that hardware. It's basically like wiping off your glasses after being in a steam room. Going from exactly. uh, the 32-bit to the 64-bit era. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, I remember I basically sold my entire Genesis and SNES collection because I had just bought a house. <laughs> it was, uh, mm-hmm. I had bought my first house. And um, I traded all of that into GameStop to get a PlayStation 1. I can see that because I think I traded in almost everything I had for a, a PS one. So, um, which is why I, the only Genesis games I still have laying around the house are like Mega Panel and the Japanese Batman. Um, but I still need to play that game. I finally picked it up, and I still need to play it. But uh, the uh, yeah, I mean, it was just playing the game, trying the kiosk. Uh, it, it was just absolutely incredible to see that this is, you know, better than what's out in the arcades. And, um, yeah, I should point out this is one of the first times where home consoles were taking on arcades. Not perfect yet, but especially in, in some game design yeah. style like this, definitely stronger. So, uh, you know, I had to have one. And, you know, playing it for the five or ten minutes in the store is great. Taking it home uh, and realizing you just uh, bought a cheese grater for your balls in terms of difficulty uh, made it – you realize this is a game that you are never going to see the end of. Well, yeah, and there's a couple of things I want to point out. One, I found a correction. Mm. It did originally get planned for the 32X, but it was canceled. So I I take that back. Uh, I'm sure I'm the only person who kind of did the research to know that, though. Um, But uh, the other thing was, yes, I mean, I think that was what made it strong. I I accuse it of this, I think, in in my article. But I was like, I remember playing it in stores, Mm -hmm. and the first level – or first world, shall I say, which I think the first world was what the demo allowed, Mm -hmm. was so indicative of, like, 16-bit platformers of the time. It felt so at home Mm -hmm. and so kind of, like, challenging, but really kind of helping you along like Mario really did, especially Super Mario World. 
And then the second level, which is the cloud music level, <laughs> kicks your ass. I mean, yeah. it ramps at a rate unlike almost any other yep. game I've ever seen. Yep. The difficulty spikes and goes. It's like it's almost like a bait and switch. Yes, but it not was. In a bad way. <laughs> uh, because it's like fuck you, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it's staggering. And um, this was back in a time where I, you tell me, Chip, but I think we still. When we got to a point like that, we still told ourselves, oh, well, we just suck at games and we need to play it over and over and we'll get there eventually. But unlike most games, I never got a whole lot better at Rayman. No. Uh, and it's not Rayman's fault. I just, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's just so much you have to remember. And that's why I think if you go back to it, you know, I kind of say, you know, <laughs> I was like, take this game in stride because it's. It it's it's tough. I I say in my article there should be no reason if you use cheat codes that you should not eventually beat it. Although how long that will take you remains to be seen. I almost think I want to take back that statement. I won't obviously, but I want to take back that statement and say, yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, so don't feel bad about putting in the code. There's a password you can put in that basically unlocks every level with 99 lives so that you can just see what they all are. You know, and then just go face the final boss if you want to. Good luck. You have to beat them still. It doesn't matter how many lives you have. <laughs> but, now, but, yeah, it was it was tough. Now, one of the things, and you and I are kind of talking about this prior to uh, starting to record tonight, was... And these are games uh, you've recently played Rayman one, or yes. in the last. I played years. all three okay. within the last two years or something. Um, I know you've played Castle of Illusion, yeah. the original, mm-hmm. and uh, I just had had this revelation today. What after I got and uh, saw the bat signal, um, <laughs> Rayman takes a lot. From the original Castle of Illusion, the Rayman One. With you. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are various reasons why I would agree with you, but uh, um, that's definitely one of them. Also, in in terms of mechanics, yeah, the mechanics definitely, especially like and and a lot graphic, of the character design. Yes, character design, art style. You're going to see a lot of similarities there. Uh, in, yeah, in our episode, we do. We did a game club of Castle of Illusion for those mm-hmm. that haven't been subscribed for too long. Um, and in that, I I talk about how the level design of Castle of Illusion was heavily borrowed, clearly, from the Sonic games. Mm-hmm. And that's true to a certain extent. Um, but I, I even say then that the whole, like, sprite design and character design does not, you know, it stays very Disney. And I can see where Rayman extracts a lot from it. In fact, you know, I mean, you and I were kind of hinting at it, but we never came out and said it. You know, it's kind of interesting how you could almost take, if you were to swap Mickey Mouse for Rayman, mm-hmm. you could almost take Castle of Illusion, then Rayman 1, then this newest Castle of Illusion which is, HD that came out. Which I was just about to get to. Okay. Because... Uh, I could see you calling those generational gaps of the same franchise. Very much so, because what I, I saw, and I... Like I told you, I only got about an hour tops in on uh, the new Castle of Illusion. Is um, it, and it's pro- probably uh, the leaf level in Mickey, the original Mickey Castle okay. of Illusion, yeah. and that's pretty much where you 
what I've played in the new one, the cloud and saxophone level of Rayman Two. <laughs> and then You mean Rayman One? Uh, Rayman, Rayman World One, two, yes, sorry. Rayman yeah. One. And uh the first level of the new Castle of Illusion. It's it, it it's a it's weird. Um Rayman aped Castle of Illusion, but the new Castle of Illusion I think apes a lot of Rayman. I could see that. And um and even even in visual style, I mean the first thing that came to mind uh when I started playing through the new Castle of Illusion was the original Rayman. And that was even before I was doing your show. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and you and I will be talking about that game probably next week on the B team. But, um, it was just, uh, something that struck me last night while I was playing it. And I believe Michael Ansel, uh, and I've read a few interviews of him, uh, is heavily influenced by Disney. In fact, he might even be called the French Walt Disney, I think, uh, in certain pl- – I'm not joking. I, I could mean, back him on that. No, yeah, I mean, if you've ever played any of his games, Rayman included, but mm-hmm. Beyond Good and Evil, yep. all of those games, they have that just magic to them. He is one – you know, uh, if you want to put animators up there, you can put Walt Disney, you can put Don Bluth, and you can put Michael Ansel. And we should point out all three of those men um, have contributed to video games. So, see, they know where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, all all of them. What, what did Bluth do? I'm trying to think. Bluth did um, – didn't he do Dragons later? Yes, he did. And Space Ace? Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, – He did All Dogs Go to Heaven also, just saying. Okay. <laughs> and The Secret of Nim. But uh, – Ah, yes. Uh, the uh, – what what you see is uh, Ansel has been Ansel's the one. Well, I guess Blue. Okay, Bluth did those games, but I really don't consider those video games. And those were early eighties. Yeah. I bet those were cartoons that became video yeah. games. But um, Ansel has been able to take the charm of those Disney uh, cartoons, translate them into some of the the best platform and. and the only one that's truly a platformer in the strictest sense of the word, word. you know, I'm thinking Mario, I'm thinking the 32 bit era where all we had were side scrolling shooters and platformers. Uh, You know, he was able to take it to the next gen. And for the most part, platformers, especially in the last, five to ten years have really fallen in disfavor i mean most of the kids just don't mm-hmm. play them today i bought my eight-year-old nephew a copy of rayman origins i think he played it an hour well i should point out that origins and and we kind of danced yeah. around it but just to be clear and we won't really talk about origins on right. the show but uh that game Spikes difficulty not as quickly, but in much the same feel to me as Rayman did. The little that I know of it is you can you can finish the game, which you can't do. Okay, it, you know, it, but it, I think it's kind of like a Mario Galaxy thing. You can finish the game, but can you get the hundred and twenty stars or that, whatever? That's yeah. that is where the challenge would be. I'm, okay, so. okay. All right, uh, should we move on to Rayman two? We will in one okay. sec. There are two things I wanted to point out. One, you know I'm going to have to do this. Squirrels. Um, 
The uh, this game is, is yeah, this game is one of the earliest versions I can think of of, of a collectathon game. There are um, six K Zelect tunes in every level. Um, they are required that you find them all in order to get to the last or to the boss of the area. Um, there's lots of collectible stuff, and there's just a there and there are a ton of extras with this game. Um, so real quick, just to point out a couple of different versions, as I mentioned, the Jaguar version is one of the first to come out. Um, it's cool in that it, it includes a couple of the levels and a couple of the design decisions that you can't find anywhere else because they're from kind of the original SNES version. Mm-hmm. But they're very subtle and, and, and far between. And I think the biggest flaw that it creates, though, is the gorgeous soundtrack is um, stripped down to fit in, you know, kind of almost chip tuny like uh, Jaguar memory chips because it was a cartridge. Whereas the Red Book audio that plays in a CD player today, if you can find a copy of Rayman, um, much more improved on the uh, PS1 and uh, Saturn versions. Also, if you're a total masochist, in 97, Rayman Gold came out, which adds 24 new levels, 40 new user design levels, 60 fan release levels entitled Nouveau Levels, as well as um, new challenges and things like that. Literally, it extends the game to like 300 levels that make you want to hang yourself from a jail cell. <laughs> sort of, sort of like are, Castro. Uh, I was, yeah, I was kind of dancing around that, but we'll come out and say it. Uh, I feel no hard feelings about that. But it was there. I had to go yeah. for it. If you're feeling frisky, that version on PC is only six bucks on GOG on GoodOldGames.com. Uh, the PS1 version, which works on PS3, PSP, and Vita, is on, uh, six bucks on uh, PSN. And uh, if you're way back in the day, you can do DSiWare slash 3DS is a direct port of the PS1 version on uh, DSiWare for eight bucks. So there's a lot of ways to get your hands on Rayman. But again, take it with the teeth grinding grain of salt that you will have to take that game with. <laughs> so, um, By the way, Amazon yes. does have the Legends and Origins soundtracks available. Oh, cool. Do you know-ish what the prices are? $8.99 for Legends, $3.99 for Origins. And am I correct, Legends is the new one that just came out? Legends is the one that just came out, yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Just want to make sure. I couldn't remember quite. No, you, you said, and and we, you touched on it, but the music in the game is, I mean, that was another thing that really, the Red Book audio, this was mm-hmm. all pretty much new new stuff for, yes. for us. Red Book audio CD tracks, for those that don't know. Um. Uh, so, I mean, not only what did the game look great, animate great, uh, it also sounded great. And finally, we were yeah. moving away from chip tunes and uh, synthesized music into full orchestral scores. Yeah, and it seemed to kind of compete with, you know, some of the Disney titles of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a little going back, like think a little more like Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. But they, I mean, they were... Again, they, they, they had nothing in common, but they were very much the same kind of style. 
you know, like people refer to it as the John Williams style today of like mm-hmm. action films and big epics. But, uh, but yeah, no, that was very cool. And I should point out, Chip, you're not going to hear them, but I'm going to put in post um, the original Rayman theme from the first game on the PS1 will be the intro to this show. And then um, Hoodlum, the uh, the original uh, Rayman 3 uh, theme song, which I really liked, which was unfortunately pulled from the HD version. It's not in the HD version. Okay. Uh, we'll close out the show. So just so people know. Uh, but yeah, let's talk Rayman 2, which is my favorite in the series. Mine too. Oh, uh, yeah. The, yeah I mean, I, it, the one I actually finished. Yes. Yes. And started playing again on the 3DS unwittingly. <laughs> and I finished that on the 3DS also in cross uh, or eye crossing 3D. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> I actually, and it took a while to come out. I mean, it came a whole generation yeah, later. <laughs> yeah. I played it, I believe, on the Dreamcast. And that's where I first played it, too. And so, to be clear, Dreamcast is kind of a generation and a half later, because I believe the Dreamcast is its own generation, coming somewhere between, you know, the... Uh, well, no, maybe it is only a half step later. I don't know. It's between the <laughs> PS2 and the PS1. Well, see... If you consider the, I would I would consider it um, next. I would consider it the the first of the next gen because the play the place. Well, first the Saturn the Saturn came out first. We always got to remember that. But the Saturn and PlayStation One went head to head. Four or five years later, uh, the 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 Dreamcast was released, and. You know, it brought online play and all that nonsense. And uh, but I consider the Dreamcast the sec- second generation or the next generation. That I consider it the same generation as the PS2 and the Dreamcast. I would put the two of them together. Okay. And the GameCube. I could, yeah, I could see that. Um, I think it's interesting that the the PlayStation 2 comes out almost a year later than the Dreamcast. Yeah. It's also indicative that Rayman 2 got a version for the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2, and they're not the same game, so to speak. Okay. But I think the version we all really remember is the Rayman 2, which was, um, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty much the, the version that we saw on the Dreamcast and the PC and the N64. Although there was kind of a, uh, uh, the PS1, uh, started off as a 2D platformer, mm-hmm. um, and it was originally going to be what Rayman 2 was going to be, and then it was reinvented as kind of like the 3D. Um, so it, it, it does have a couple of things that are a little bit different, um, but, uh, but I mean, for the most part, it's the same game. Okay. And, and the Dreamcast is what I played it on. I think most of us bought it because it was uh, pretty early in the Dreamcast cycle. Um, it came out uh, uh, on February 29th, 2000, and the Dreamcast came out September of 1999. 9999. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, my thought on it, it well, I, I, re- I remember it being, I remember, it, I, you know, it was a game I either pre-ordered or had day one. Um, it looked absolutely incredible. Once again. Yes. Huh? I said yes. Oh. <laughs> I agree with you. It looked amazing. Um, Especially on Dreamcast. Yeah, and but it was a completely different game 
than mm-hmm. the one on the PlayStation One. This was this was more this was well this was 3D. I mean, you were walking into the screen. Um, I I I mean, I know you're probably not going to like right. my reference, right. but this was uh, Rayman's Mario 64 yeah. to the original game's yep. Mario World. I, I mean, hands down. I I completely agree with that. But and it was it was completely different than Rayman One. It also mm-hmm. had a better story. It had it, it had well, if not dialogue, at least uh, speech. They, yeah, they didn't. Art- well, they didn't speak, but it was like it text. was. Uh, yeah, they called it something. I think it had the blah 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 blah, yeah. but I couldn't be sure. I'm pretty sure it did though. I believe so. you're right. Yeah. But then it was, you're right, text for the actual speech. So, um, and it was it was a complete adventure where Rayman One was a platforming torture chamber. Um, <laughs> yeah. This was an adventure. I mean, you still had the collectathon going on. Uh, I believe you, you actually did need a certain number of lums to unlock some of the cages, et cetera, if I recall. You are correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since I played it. Okay. No and, um, but. There's a thousand lums in the game too. Yeah. So you have to hunt really hard for secret areas and stuff to find them all. Saints Row 4 says hi. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, in, in order to be, to get to the end of the game, and like you said, uh, your total lum count decides how you unlock levels. Yep. You had to be to 800 to beat the game. Okay. I know I had at least so. that many because I did complete the game. And, and, and it had a compelling story. Oh, you know what? Actually, no, it's not 800. It's less than that. I'm sorry. The PlayStation 1 version only needed 800 to beat the game because they cut some levels. Oh. That's what it was. Yeah. I think it's actually a lot less than that. It's more like 600. You don't have to have that many out of the grand scheme of lums in order to get to the end. I was I damn that. close. I know that. Because I, I yeah. would replay levels trying to find those missing lums. I could see that. Um, the big thing I remember was the biggest reason I want Rayman 2 for the PS1 version, but I haven't done it yet, is I guess if you get 720... Out of the 800 lums, you get to play a level from the 2D prototype of Rayman 2, which means it was probably a more challenging version of the original <laughs> Rayman, which means there's probably no reason I'd want to play this. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I just remember it being so much fun. You could, you know, I mean, it, it was very much the Mario 64 thing. I think another big part of it, and you've heard me complain about this a lot with sprites. Mm-hmm. Um, or 3D, like 2.5D games, was the hit detection was kind of a little off, in my opinion, on the original Rayman, because he had to punch them. Remember, his like yep. fist just shot out because he didn't have any arms. Um, in this one, you would shoot things out, which it, you had like a ranged attack, which wasn't that strong, but it allowed you to do a lot um, in terms of strategy around enemies. You could kind of outmaneuver them much easier. And uh, having, I mean, it made the game overall easier, yeah. but in no way easy. <laughs> oh, I well, I mean, the difficulty curve of both of these games is like the bunny hill to a double black diamond slalom course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, let, let's uh, this game is 
far, far, much, much easier than Rayman one. Um, yes. And, oh yes. It's, I mean, yeah, exponentially easier. It's like, uh, taking Ninja Gaiden Black <laughs> to, uh, Di- the Incredibles level in Disney Infinity. You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know. Like, there's no, no reason you shouldn't beat it no. if you want to. Uh, I think that's why they put it on 3DS. It it converts very well mm-hmm. to today's, uh, I know people hate when I say this, but pampered audience. It, it And it looks good. on. It does look good on the 3DS. It was just realizing that I had bought the same game a second time that ticked me off. Um, I should point out also that the Dreamcast version is the only one that has the up-resed um, assets that can keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the N64 version uh, has frame rate drops and uh, the lower res assets, as does the uh, PS2 version. This was one of those early signs that the PS2 was not the strongest hardware out there because the Dreamcast version actually ran better than the later PS2 version. <laughs> so it's called Rayman Revolution on the PS2, in case people are wondering, in case you was, look up Rayman 2 and see it's not on PS2. Wasn't it called that on uh, the Dreamcast as well? Maybe. Now that you say that, it might have I think been. it was just uh, uh, Revolution Everywhere. Okay. It was called Rayman 2 The Great Escape on some platforms, oh. but yes, on uh, it might have been Revolution on, on some of the other versions. Oh, uh, no, it was Rayman 2 The Great Escape on Dreamcast. Okay. So it was Revolution on that, and then portable versions. There were portable versions of it, so... And basically, it was a full-fledged adventure with power-ups. You could cer- you mm-hmm. could do things to power up your uh, your abilities. Uh, it was it was just it was a great overall uh, adventure game. Yeah, and it was versatile. Yeah, you know, kind of before its time, somewhat before its time, because Mario it's post Mario sixty four, so it definitely borrowed a, a decent amount from it, but it's still. I mean, I, I think it takes. It took me about like nine, ten hours to beat, mm-hmm. and then if you want to completionist it, you're probably adding five more hours onto it. Oh, easily. Yeah, if not, because you know, like we've talked about so many times in collecting missions, it's not the first nine hundred and fifty you got to worry about. It's those last fifty that yeah. really, you know, char your ass. And especially in the lava levels where it's insta death, I remember they put some lums in some terrible places. You would just look at that jump and you'd just be like, fuck you to the game. Like you just knew what it was doing. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I do think that that, you know, I mean, at that time that catered very well to the people who thought Rayman mm-hmm. one was a breeze and wanted that challenge. Cause I'm sure they had that criticism for Rayman two, but it's it definitely easy, brought man. it to all audiences. Oh, please. I, I, Anyone who says that, fine. Good for you. You're amazing. <laughs> they, they, You're they, they went pussy, you know. Yeah, they, go sit on the throne. The, Good for you. <laughs> and all those people, you know, that complained that the area was too big and that we had to cut it down and make it more easy for the for those loudmouths. <laughs> Wah! Yeah, exactly. Uh, Plus, do you remember those rocket missions that were kind of like the Ride the Pig missions on Crash Bandicoot? Big, yes, yes. You'd jump on a rocket yes. and you'd have to fly, and there were some levels that required it. There were yeah. like two or three. It wasn't too many out of like the 45 levels or whatever that are in it. But because of that, um, there were some lums hidden in like side yes. areas you wouldn't dream of going to unless you wanted to get into a crash. 
So you had to do that. Um, and I, I don't know about you, Chip, but I still tell people today, um, like if you, and again, it's a lot cheaper on 3DS now, but back at the time I wrote this, when the 3DS game had first come out, if you're looking at Rayman on 3DS for 40 bucks, and you can pick up a Dreamcast with Rayman 2 for roughly the same price in all reality, if you're looking on Craigslist or mm. a local retro shop, I almost recommend that ver the the Dreamcast version because it really is the way to play that game, even with the awkward Dreamcast controller. It really is like to this day. Them's like, fighting I, words, man. Really, I like the Dreamcast controller. I know that's what I'm saying. The Dreamcast version uh, is the version okay. to get. It's worth it to buy the console yeah. just to play that version. Like to me, when I beat the 3DS version, it was fun and everything. But I sold that version. Prior to me selling my 3DS, I sold that version and kept my Dreamcast version, which is still my version I play now if I want to mm -hmm. go back to it. So I think we agree on that. I think, like okay. I said, I, I think picking up a Dreamcast with Rayman 2 for 40 bucks is well worth mm -hmm. picking up another version. And once again, it, the the back I remember the backgrounds, the characters, uh, all visually stunning, all fantastically mm -hmm. animated. And once it, and the, the cutscenes were yes, great. I mean it, it it was everything that Rayman you you had wished for in Rayman one, I and agree. it sold like crap. Did it? it okay, I, didn't it sell I, well? I, I, don't I know think. Rayman one sold amazing, and I know there was two nothing else was out so scattered when Rayman. Yeah, went. right. Exactly. There was Toshinden. There was Street Fighter the movie. There was Rayman. And I think there was Ridge Racer. Now, I know, like I said, I know in the long run, Rayman did perform well. Mm -hmm. But again, Chip and I have kind of, you know, not really delved into this, but we've mentioned it. Um, you know, it had a ton of ports. It was released on N64. It was on um, Windows uh, 95 slash ME, like in a couple of versions. It was Dreamcast, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. Game Boy Color, DS, 3DS, eventually, but anyway, up until the Game Boy Color version in 2001, I mean, yeah, it, it took all those platforms to perform like the same, I think, as Rayman 1, which is which is too bad. And it got great review scores, just in case people think that's the culprit. It scored above a 9 out of 10 or a 4.5 out, out of 5 on everyone who reviewed it. IGN gave it a 9.6 out of 10. Uh, GameSpot gave it a 9.3 out mm. of 10. And Metacritic to this day gives it a 91 ranking. So that's pretty impressive. According And game rankings, your alma mater, yeah. 93.05. Well, that, that, but that's that, that would be uh, an aggregate. Right, yeah. back in the yeah. day, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, according to, and I just Googled this, findthebest.com mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, Rayman 2, The Great Escape, sold 640,000 copies. Oh, that's so bad. That's even, like, that's great for back then, but that's still bad compared to what it celebrated. Yeah. You know, like, for, for its review scores, what it was, those who played it will definitely stand behind it. I, I don't, you know, like you said, Chip, if you played this game back when the Dreamcast first came out, you, you were boasting mm -hmm. it. You know, it was, I mean, 
again, you know, of the ports that were on multiple other consoles, this and MDK2 are like the quintessential Dreamcast games. Mm-hmm. Like, you keep these versions because they are the best versions. Um, I should point out that they're running on a Windows platform, which is probably why. And they were all – all Dreamcast games are rendered in 640 by 480 with a few exceptions. So, I mean, they were kind of like PC games. But still, uh, it also won Game of the Year 2000 for IGN. So, it got a lot of credit, but it just didn't get the sales to match it. And it's too bad, too, um, because – you know, again, the like you said, Chip. Though uh, the platformer was starting to get on the outs at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, PlayStation Two. I think if it had a platformer, and I'm sure there are a few, but there weren't many. Um, you know, this this was when it really got hefty in that stuff. But uh, Rayman Two, definitely worth going back and playing if you haven't. And again, as as we've said, the uh, the Dreamcast version definitely the version to get if you can. Um, it's worth it. It's worth it. And and you might have a Dreamcast show for it afterwards. Which so. is still one of the best consoles of all time. Make sure you get a copy of guys of Arcadia while you're at it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, which is probably my f- what uh one of my favorite um Dreamcast games. Oh yeah, Skies of Arcadia is a great game. Uh, there's just a ton. Oh man, I think when we did uh, Trees and I did the nine nine ninety nine for the launch games of Dreamcast, and then we just kept bouncing off. I think we we talked about like every game and didn't have like a whole lot of bad things to say about any of them. Dreamcast is still a phenomenal console, and the games are so cheap; it's it's worth its weight in gold to pick it up. <laughs> it really yeah. is, because um, you can get a lot of games on the cheap. But Rayman wasn't done there. Nope. It would it would keep going. Um, and not really in a bad way, but it would definitely mark, uh, kind of, you know, the, the, the start to the beginning of the end. And I'm not counting Rayman Jr. M. Those were like side games that weren't really part of the main franchise. So I'm not really counting those. Um, and, uh, this will probably be close to, if not the last game we'll talk about is, uh, Rayman 3 Hoodlum Havoc, which would be a GameCube PS2 Xbox full-blown era release um in 2003 so um that's when that would come out and um what i liked about this one um i mean i don't know how fresh it is in your head chip it it kind of was a hybrid between one and two Mm -hmm. but it made a couple of the changes we definitely wanted and i think a lot of us insert into the previous games already which was um, uh, full over voice acting, which I really liked. I've heard criticisms of it, but I thought that the voice acting in this game is great. Um, and most of it is brought back in the HD remake. So um, since you have it, if you're ever curious, uh, it's interesting to go back. Although some people didn't have a great time, you know, putting a voice on Rayman and, and the various other characters. But I, I thought it was great. Um, this is where the and, rabbits uh, were introduced, too, I believe. Uh, are the rabbits I think in this? So. I'm trying to remember. I remember this is where the Lums become like a big deal, mm-hmm. and Glowbox becomes a major character. Yeah. Well, he was um, pretty big in two. He was. He was in the background. Yeah. No, actually, I think he was along with he, you for the full thing. Now that you say he that. was like kidnapped or taken hostage yeah, early up the in the beginning, and he he he, he was a major factor in two. Um, as far as the rabbits go, I didn't hear any reference to them. I don't recall. I, mean, I didn't for, play through all of Rayman 3. Um, maybe I'm but, screwing that up. But 
Oh, no, it's all good. But I just remember what I liked about it was like it was the evil lums. Um, <laughs> so things like that. I know Hoodlum's Revenge, which will come out on the Game Boy Advance, kind of delves with the Rabbids a little bit as far as I know. But anyway. Um, but, yeah, so, again, this, this game did that. Uh, I think the big thing it did was it went back to Rayman being a melee game. It wasn't arranged. You know, you weren't throwing the little sparklies out or whatever he called those. Um, you actually punched. Do you remember that? Yep. And uh, there were de- dis- destructible environments. You would break down doors, walls, things like that at certain times. Um, you had guys in your crew that could attack certain things and, 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 and would assist you. And then there were upgradable weapons. I remember that too. Um, but, uh, you know, I... The only problem with the game was it was a little bit kind of like an uh, an addition to with a new storyline, almost like an add-on pack. It felt like to Rayman 2, although it was uh it was long and everything. It wasn't in lacking of content. Uh I just don't think it did too much new. I don't know. Was that your take on it? I didn't get too far in it. So, okay. I uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm I messed around with it briefly. I think I had it for the Nintendo 64 because that was the uh, it was actually game. game. I'm sorry. I'm going to screw those up. But, no, that's fine. And it was a, it was like – it wasn't launch GameCube, but it was damn close. Mm, so. I want to say it was a March or April game. You're right. It was March 03. So um, I guess that's fairly close if, if it did the – GameCube come out in O two. I can't keep the year straight anymore. I believe so. I'll I'll check on that real quick while we're while Sounds we're about looking. Right. But uh, and what it had in it was a bunch of like mini games mm-hmm. and special stuff because at the same time Rayman three would come out on the Game Boy Advance as a two D. It's like its own version of it, and we see this a lot nowadays. Mm-hmm. But it was its own two D side scrolling kind of return to Rayman one feel. But a lot of the mini games and special features of that game. Uh, let's see. It came out in November 2001. So this was like a year. A year and a half. A year a year and two months later. But I do remember when the GameCube came out, no one really picked it up other than the people like me who were like super eager for that remake of Resident Evil. I remember that was the reason you bought the GameCube when it first came out. And early 03 is when you're getting close to a lot of stuff like Wind Waker. Mario Sunshine. This was when a lot of people started returning for these big games. I think uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee and Double Dash might even be in 2003, later in the game in the year. But I mean, this is when, like we see with so many of Nintendo's consoles, you start returning for stuff like that. So, and again, the exclusive the exclusive content made it uh, an easier sell. Yes. So, uh, the Game Boy Advance version also was ported to the N gauge. So for those with the taco <laughs> phone, run out and get your copy today. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and and Rayman um, uh, Hoodlum Havoc, the 2D version on Game Boy Advance, would see a, a sequel, Hoodlum's Revenge, which I just recently mentioned, which would be one of the only uh, sequels of like a 2D platformer. Um, so and that would pretty much be the end of Rayman for about. You said 2003, so till 2000. And I don't consider the Rabbit games Rayman games. I mean, he was in the first one, uh, but he was an ancillary character at best. I agree. Um, 
I agree. And most people didn't know who he yeah. was if you had the Rabbids games, unless you were like a dad buying it for your kid. Um, and- yes, it would be. It would be basically eight and a half years later in November 2011 that uh, Rayman Origins would come out. So, I mean, Rayman seriously has helped us out a little bit being a retro show in that he literally went into hiding until two years ago. <laughs> so, By the way, I just, uh, according to GameStop, uh, uh-huh. they're going to release a patch for the PS Vita version for Rayman Legends, adding all no the kidding. missing levels. Huh. Turns out the internet can change lives. <laughs> Just ask Mass Effect 3. Every FBX time you bitch, kids, it's going to change something. That's definitely the message we want to send. But at the same time, I, you know, without being too technical, I don't know a good reason why the, a, the Vita version couldn't stand up to the PS3 or, or regular versions, especially from a level design standpoint. But, oh well. Uh, I should also point out, somebody wanted me to mention, the iOS version of Rayman 2 The Great Escape is a port of the Dreamcast version. So while I'm really against you playing iPad, iPod games, I guess if you have a controller, I guess if you can make it work, and I guess if maybe it comes out on the Ouya, as long as it's the Dreamcast port, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> so... But uh, what you don't want? I, I you don't the... like Rayman Temple Run or whatever it is? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. I spent the money for it too, um, and I was kind of pissed because it doesn't seem like Michelle Ansel or any of the Rayman team had any anything to do with that, did they? Rayman Jungle Run. Jungle. No, it was Pasta Games. I, I, yeah, yeah I, I got a. To make it. I, I got it when it came free. Oh, okay, it was never. And well, so I, don't think it was I, got, I got it Android, free, but, and I, I don't think I've ever played it. <laughs> You're not missing much. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> now I'm checking um, to see if it's on the Ouya. The other thing I wanted to point out, I had it in my notes and I missed it. Uh, I wanted to point out there is something. Somebody says, I think, on Wikipedia that Rayman 1 holds a striking resemblance to Dynamite Heady, the treasure platformer on the mm-hmm. Genesis from 94. Mm-hmm. And Chip's kind of snickering, be- or I think you were snickering, because I have to say that aside from the fact that Dynamite Heady doesn't have a neck or arms or legs, much like Rayman, I cannot think of many similarities to the two games at all. Yeah, I'm not seeing it that much. And I've beaten Dynamite Heady. I actually had that, um, too. Yeah, and it's also in the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection, if anyone has that uh, on, on 360 or PS3. Uh, but um, Dynamite Heady is a good game in its own regards, and we covered it in our Treasure episode, The Treasure Box. But it, uh, And I think even in that episode, I talked about how it's not like Rayman. Um, so here we go. We have the, the circles now complete. Um, but no, I, I would not say the two games have much in common, especially from a level design standpoint. Um but, uh, but yeah, just wanted to point it out there. And Rayman never takes his head and whips it at somebody, so um, which would have been really funny, but he never did it. Um, so uh, I guess we're going to wrap this up. So we're going to call it for the uh, Rayman episode. Um, there were a couple of things I want to point out real quick before we leave. Um, but first and foremost, Chip, where can we find you most times? Usually you can find me Thursday nights right here on allgames.com, 9 o'clock at night. 
on the B-Team podcast with Fred and our two co-hosts, uh, Chris and Ryan. And so I hear Jeff may come back sometime. Yes, Jeff's planning to come back. He's good people, yes. and uh, when he's on, he always uh, adds a lot to the conversation. So, And, you know, usually the four or five of us fight, bicker, insult each other, um, <laughs> and have just a great time doing it. And we, we do tech and current games, I guess is the best way to put it. With a little, little touch Yeah, we're not retro. against retro. No, we're not against yeah. retro. It's just we there's so much new stuff coming out. Uh, that we get into that. And you get to see Fred be a real PC snob. <laughs> At least lately. Um, plus, I do play real uh, new yeah. games, guys. I'm not one of those people who says all new games suck. I actually quite enjoy many of the modern-day games. So check it out there. Um, but I wanted to point out we've got a couple of episodes lined up. Um, some of them with dates, some of them we don't, that I wanted to tease. So... Um, just so people know, this is tentatively next week's topic, which is um, a Gaming History X topic, and it may or may not fly. So for for those that have been have not been listening for a long time, we do Gaming History X, where I kind of take old school topics and their relevance to modern day design and kind of pit them up against each other. Uh, my wife actually came up with this one. She was like, "Why don't you talk about game packaging, release dates, and distribution, old to new?" You know, like what used to be, did pre-orders exist? What was in a box? What did game manuals offer? Things like that. And I the reason why is my wife is, <laughs> you, you are definitely part of it if we do it. My wife is in love with um, game manuals, yeah. and she's absolutely pissed off that today's game manuals are nowhere near as fun as her reading through the stacks of game manuals I have for various other um, platforms, especially Nintendo Genesis, mm -hmm. Super Nintendo, things like that. Um, so we may do that one. Um, I, I'm not sure if we can pull it all to, if I can pull it all together by next Tuesday, but if I can, I definitely want to do it. Uh, we may also have a very special guest, uh, somebody who's a, an avid listener who uh, wanted to come on, and uh, he's good. He, he knows his stuff. Uh, as a backup, I may cover Elder Scrolls. The only thing is, without mentioning Oblivion on, it makes it kind of a hard show to talk about. I don't think people... Well, even if you like those games, I don't think you want to go back to them, to be honest. Well, with all 25 um, so we'll see. patches to Elder Scrolls 2, which was that Yeah, time. and it still only runs in DOSBox. Uh, yeah. I, I, that was uh, at 640 by 480. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. It's it's still rough nowadays. Um September 17th, though, is a topic people have wanted, and it's kind of a Gaming History X topic, but uh, enough people have shown positive uh, thrill for it. And, Chip, you know you're welcome for this one. I could see you wanting to be on this one, too, which is um, I'm going to be joined by uh, Allie, and we're going to be discussing Assassin's Creed 1 through 3 and everything in between. Oh, I'm in on that one. Yeah, I figured you might be. That one's confirmed. Uh, Chip, you're welcome to join us September 17th, so I will give you a heads up beforehand. But Allie is confirmed for that one, so that's going to be on September 17th. And then October 1st, aside from the contest winners, remember earlier in the show, what does Fazanadu stand for? What it, why is it called Fazanadu, and what's its significance? Uh, let me know. It's not an essay question. It's just how did they come up with the title Fazanadu? Um, that we will give away uh, the super R type to the winner, unless nobody's answered, in which case I might just raffle it off to people. I thought um, I already won. All... <laughs> um, and I know exactly why you said that. Uh, I remember that. That's that joke. 
So I guess maybe I should call that out. Uh, it does not have to do with anyone in showbiz, uh, especially a certain Grease uh, co-star. Um, also, uh, October 1st is going to be uh, Dana, Canadian Dana, as best known on Twitter, from Easy Mode Unlocked. Trees' co-host, she puts up with him every week, uh, is going to be coming on because she grew up with and is in love with the Commodore 64. And people tell me I don't talk enough about um, uh, micro... Uh, microcomputers and the commodore 64 had a mass uh release in america and her and i both owned one and played a ton of games for it so we're going to be talking about the commodore 64 so definitely tune in for that um and then chip you've said you will probably be able to come on for a digital pinball Mm -hmm. episode i hope to do at some point in time and then um right now i'm trying to line up but i can't make any promises uh andy from 42 level one and so doom uh, from Knuckleballer Radio are both avid Final Fantasy fans, and I want to do a two-part show on Final Fantasies one through six and seven through eleven, uh, or seven through twelve. I'm sorry, uh, but if no one's played twelve, we'll just bypass twelve. Um, but uh, I hear it gets really good about are... nine hours in. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Well, no, I think you're thinking thirteen. No, I'm thinking all Final <laughs> Fantasy. No, twelve. I'm thinking all Final. No, yeah, Fantasy thirteen games is twenty-two through... hours in. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you're right. They're all good nine hours in, <laughs> now that you say that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so those are all coming up in the future. And I should also point out that November, fear not, guys, we are going to be covering, and Chip, you are, of course, in, um, invited for this. We are going to be covering nothing but the new generations. The first podcast in November, either the 5th or the one immediately following that, I think it's 12th or the 11th, um, will be... Uh, kind of a look back at this generation and the significance of it. We're not going to do as much delving into games, but we will definitely piggyback games that are significant and all that discussion. And um, we're going to keep it under two hours, so that's not going to touch on much. But we will bounce back over the 360, PS3, and the Wii. Maybe, and then maybe we should. Uh, uh, we'll, and we'll talk about this. Maybe we should um, piggyback uh, with the B team because we, I think we're going to do something very similar. For, cool. uh, and if we do a combo yeah. episode, I'm fine with that something too. Uh, um, best of the generation. Uh, we're going to do our, our generation awards show. Okay. Actually, that would be cool to do side yeah. by side the same week. So that would be great. So, yeah, actually that week we'll try to put them all together. But we're going to do kind of like, yeah, I, I could see like right before probably the PS4 launch we'll do, you know, um, We'll do the Gaming History 101 on the generation, kind of like a mm-hmm. retrospective. We'll do the awards, and then the PS4 will come out. Um, and then, again, i got to work out the kinks. But the following week, right before the PS4 comes out or right after the PS4 comes out, we'll talk about the PS3 solely and kind of what it added to gaming. And then October 22nd has been announced as the release of the Xbox One. So, subsequently, we will do the same treatment for the Xbox 360. So, lots to come up. Lots of stuff that kind of merges the gap between modern and retro and lots of stuff. And, of course, if you have any show ideas, you are welcome to send them in. You'd be surprised how often I take them uh, to contact, which is uh, just go to Gaming History 101, click on contact or sport slash contact, and send me an email. So, I'm impressed after- in in your organization, Fred. And uh, I know. I've got a calendar. It's and a schedule. Up. I mean – Compared to the B team where we show up 15 minutes before and it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? 
don't know. Unfortunately, hit, my shit's fused in time, so I have no new releases. I got to piggyback everything else that's happening. Just hit record. We'll figure it out as we go along. No shit. That's well. That's what makes it easier for those. <laughs> but uh, hey, what what are you gonna do? Uh, on the plus side, uh, also your uh, turtle games have not fallen on deaf ears with uh, the release of Ninja Turtles, uh, Oot or whatever, out of the shadows, Oots. Um, I do know you want me to do a turtles episode. I will try. Uh, it, it will happen. I just don't know how soon. Cause obviously as Chip and I have just talked about, so, but it's coming. So hang in there guys. In the meantime, uh, gaming history, is where we do the articles and everything like that. There is a surprising amount of articles in there. Countless people have told me recently they've gone in there and browsed around. Uh, I'm not looking for the hits. It is completely not ad generated and I pay a pretty meager amount to keep that going. It's the podcast that really has the server costs. So, um, just check it out if you're interested. I just tried to put stuff that I'm interested in or that I think people would find interesting, and you'd never know what gems are down there until you go check it out. So, um, And otherwise, uh, catch me and Chip on the B team, and uh, catch all this on allgames.com. So. And be sure to vote. Yes, vote. Vote for all of us. We will see you soon. So until next week, happy gaming. From the night that we had In the middle where I brush my teeth back There's three more heads and they're watching me back Read the bread while I toast my paycheck Where the girl said grace a safe bet